Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Chris Harrison, Lauren Zima coming to you from the home office in Austin, Texas on this Christmas week. Christmas week. Christmas time is here. Are there not songs from holiday movies that just stick in your head or lines that do? Like there's probably, I would say there is no genre of movie rewatched more than holiday movies. I was reading the other day about how valuable the like IP is on holiday movies because people just watch them over and over and over again. Yeah, I was trying to think of a holiday or something else as like a genre. You like, quote Elf all the time. Year round, you quote Elf. It's one of the greatest movies. Period. It's not. It's one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Not not like holiday movie. Just one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's genius. I think what is your favorite line from Elf? I mean, it's it, the one that gets me every time is the coffee shop. He walks when, in and yeah, he, you're walking. He's walking through New York for the first time, obviously, and he sees if you've ever been to New York, it's like you know, world's best pizza, world's best cup of coffee, and he sees that and he jumps in and he says, "Congratulations, everybody, you did it!" <laughs> and it's just in the looks. It's not as much Will Ferrell's delivery, which is genius, but the looks of the employees and everybody in there is just like so New York. And that so applies year round. If someone does something, Chris goes, "Congratulations, you did." <laughs> <laughs> people are like you're an idiot but i also like the use of new york like it was a really good real new, character in that it was movie. a very good new york movie best uses of new york well not best but up there sex in the city and elf the movie it really is they did it i mean it's a solid legit new york i would like to speak to someone about this the, the chemical thing in our brain uh-huh. that instantly makes you remember like a quote or a song lyric, it, it will pop in your brain. Like I did it. I just got my haircut. I just came back from a haircut and the wonderful um, woman, and by the way, if you're in Austin, I love Deep Roots Salon, specifically the Cedar Park location is incredible. Shout out to Tara and Mallory. But she was coloring my hair and she just said, you know, yeah, on my own. And in my brain, I instantly go, Les Mis. And I go, on my own. And I did it. And I'm like, 
Oh, I said to her, she and I, this is the first time she colored my hair. I said, well, we know each other well now. You know that I can't not go to musicals. Um, Mike, like, what is that in your brain? Mike Tirico, the great, I, I don't know. I, there's, there are certain songs. And I was thinking about Mike Tirico, the sportscaster. He said you know, this week, he's like, I watch uh, Home Alone every year. And someone was giving him a hard time. Like, come on, you really don't. And I'm like, we watch Home Alone every you year. You and I, with no kids in sight. Right. Decorated the tree together and watched Home Alone. We watched Elf and Home Alone as we decorated the tree and we cooked dinner. <laughs> because I was like, they're I good love it. background movies. Yeah. You've seen them so many times that you don't right. have to be actively watching. You were cooking, I was putting up the tree, and we were half watching, half listening. My question for you, what's the Home Alone song that pops in your head? When you think Home Alone, what is the song? What's the scene? What's the song? Because that's your favorite movie. Um, it's the when you hear the chorus of the kids. It's it's kind of like when he's building up to fight back against mm-hmm. the um you know the wet bandits and you hear the little kids choir <laughs> they go <laughs> they go fall on your knees I can't <laughs> I can't hit that that falsetto why is fall on your knees the same as Dobby is free <laughs> <laughs> wow if we're talking about movies everybody I don't know if marriage has changed Chris Harrison but I. Was taking a bath the other day, which I could get into that whole thing. Are you a bath person or not? Nope. I am not. And yet I try to make myself do it sometimes because I, I think it's healthy. That about you. But all I do is get stressed out. You appreciate that I'm not <laughs> well, a bath person? No, no. I appreciate that you're like, you have this beautiful bathtub in this beautiful house and you're like, I'm going to be this person. And you're not. Like, but you've tried. It's wasted times. on me. I feel bad. Like my sister loves baths. Some be, you, it, you either are a bath person or you're not. But I like that you go in with the intention of, I'm going to have a real moment to myself and this spa-like moment. And guys, five minutes later, I'm getting text messages. I hear her in there and I'm like, it's not going well. She's sp- she's a caged animal in a bathtub. It's so boring. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm sweaty. I'm like, am I clean? I'm just sweating in here. Um, I don't think, do you, here's a real question. Uh-huh. Little kids aside, like kids are different. Right. If you're an adult and you take a bath, are you clean afterwards? No, you're just stewing in your own juice. That's what I think. It's, I'm like, I got to take a shower. It after does the no bath. good. Yeah, you have to. Sh- I always, if I, I can't remember the last time I took a bath. Maybe when I was sick. You know what? Can you use our bathtub? Because then someone will. No, be. No, I do not like baths. Why not? If I'm sore or sick, and it's like, I, we have a hot tub. I'd rather go get in the hot tub. Okay, interesting. Well, yeah, you know what? I agree with you, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm in the bath, and I come out, and I realize why well, I've been wasting my time in the bath. You have been on your own watching a Harry Potter movie, which is why he just brought up Dobby. Dobby is free. Hot take. Apparently, it's the worst one. Your least favorite, Chamber of Secrets. (sighs) Chamber of Secrets is... It's not my least favorite book, but I do think it's maybe the worst movie. Interesting. Okay. Acting-wise, the kids didn't know how to act yet. In the first movie, you forgive them. You're like, these are young kids... They're acting for the first time. I don't expect it to be that great. The third movie, you're like, okay, the acting's still not that great. The the story, some of the lines, some of the shots, it's just not great. What did you, here's my question. What made you just actively on your own watch a Harry Potter movie? Marriage has changed me. The only reason I ever stop at Harry Potter movies is because of you. But what is the reason? I just want to, and it's funny because I don't sit and watch all of them. And I have, I have still not watched all of them. And, then, and it's kind of fun. And I, I wonder if you're envious of me because I was watching Chamber of Secrets for the first time last night. I, so, what I would give to experience yeah. the reveals of the Harry Potter series again. I did not know who opened the Chamber of Secrets. And I, I, I knew it wasn't Hagrid. 
he's too lovable. And because I've seen him in other parts of the movies and I'm like, nope, he's a lovable figure. The only way he would have done it is is stupidly on accident because right. he is a bumbling fool at times. At um, times. And well, all the time. That's his character. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe he did it on accident, but I knew he was being set up. But yeah, it was, it's because of you that I've just, I will watch these and I will eventually watch them all. That <laughs> makes me feel so loved. I don't know when. That makes me feel so loved and it makes me wonder if I should be watching more sports no. for you. Okay, Hot take. You. Uh, I have also not watched uh, the other ones, the the New Zealand ones, because we went to New oh, Zealand. Lord last of the week. Rings. I have not watched Lord of the Rings either. Where I've seen parts of it. Where like I, were you? The Lord of the Rings movies were so I big. Know. I know the where precious. Where were I know, you? I, I know. What part were you of it. doing? They just don't appeal to me. I guess that that type of sci-fi does not appeal to me. I was definitely in the Star Wars generation that came out when I was what seven or eight years old. That captured my imagination. Never a Star Trek guy. Do you guy. think you didn't go? Is that it? Or I have heard from people because when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, you had young kids. And I do feel like when you're a parent and you have young kids, you're so busy with that that you kind of miss out Maybe. on like cultural Is happenings. that when those came out? Early 2000s? Early 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that then I, if it wasn't animated, I can tell you about every animated movie from 2001 through 2010. Mm-hmm. Like all the cars. And by the way, it was a unbelievable Hall of Fame home run set of animation at that time like all the great movies came out at that time I, like i'm trying to think of one but i it was all the mine. cars all the nemos all the toy stories oh I yeah mean, i mean well toy stories started mid 90s and then first toy stories like 94 yeah was it okay yeah. well then maybe josh just got caught the tail end of those yeah but we had a great run enchanted uh, another one that was good we got we not had a, animated half animated half of it was animated. finding nemo i'll give you Cars, okay. Um, but anyway, so we digress. Um, so thank you for watching the Harry Potter movies. It makes me feel loved. And also thank you for saying I don't have to start watching sports. No. Can I make an argument for something? Uh-huh. I think movies are a more neutral thing than sports. Like it's a more all-encompassing, like there can be sports movies. Well, there it's can easier be to find common ground. Right. But so I think a person should be more inclined, like if someone's like, who you're dating says, I love this movie. Uh I think you should be more inclined to give that movie a shot than like a whole type of activity. Does that make sense? Oh, no, I agree. I see where you're coming and I I I'm just making the case for myself, not watching sports. Do you agree? Okay. There's a good chance I'm going to like something about your movie. I would watch a sports movie with you. I like a lot of movies about sports. Like if you say to me, you may not love this movie, but Chris Pine's in it or Stanley Tucci's in it. I'm like, okay, I'm in. You can find an entry yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Like, and really, it's Sports, just I got nothing. The tooch. Um, and so, <laughs> Merry Christmas week to everybody. I hope everybody's kind of heading home, wherever you are, and the kids are coming home. Uh, Lauren and I just tried to drive from Fort Worth yesterday back home to Austin, and it's literally, I think, everybody in the world was on the road. So, uh, truly, everyone's uh, heading home for the holidays. And so, it's- By the good, way, you casually week. dropped in that we went to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, first of all, I don't want to go on about it too long because we have so much to get to, but beautiful country. I ran around quoting The Hobbit, as I guess you just have to. (laughs) Gorgeous beaches, gorgeous mountains, um, the kindest people. And the whole reason we went was because these dear friends of ours, um, actually the guy who officiated our wedding Mm -hmm. and his wonderful wife who sang at um, our welcome dinner, she is from there and they have a home there that they just finished. But what this kind of got us talking about, like we were there for a while, we went there for a week, is what is a gauge 
of a friend you can really travel with. Like, I think it's so important for couples to have couple friends. And we've talked about this, right? but it's a whole different thing when you're talking about going to dinner with another couple versus traveling. And you have a great phrase for this. Boat people, yacht people. Boat people. Can you ex- explain that? <laughs> it is. If you are stuck on a boat, you're traveling. You're not stuck with them. Who would you choose to go on vacation with and say they're, you're, you're on a yacht, you're on a boat that has two rooms, four rooms, whatever. So you are in pretty confined quarters. These are people you're going to be on top of a lot on this boat. You're going to have to eat, drink, and sleep with them. You will not sleep, sleep with them, but you know what I mean. <laughs> You're going to see each You're other in a lot. close quarters. Yes, close quarters. In a hotel, you can escape. On a boat, you cannot. Right. You, yeah. I was like, hey, we're going to we're going to walk into town. We're going to, and you're like, oh my god, I can't, I can't get away from Bob and Marie fast enough. Who are you know? You can't. You're stuck. You can't walk on water. You can't disappear. You're stuck with these people. Who are your boat people? Because I would contest there are people you would travel with that still aren't boat people. This is the best level. Yes. Of like, I mean, is it the best level of friendship? It's definitely just a certain level of friendship where it's someone you can easily be around nonstop. These are your, I guess the kids would call it your ride or die. What are the parameters for this? What are the boxes to check if to know if someone's your boat person? After three days, you don't want to murder them. <laughs> That's it. That's It's three, three, three day test. You know, it's a three day. You could call it boat people or you could call it won't murder them people. It's, uh, it's the three day fish test. You know, you leave leave fish out on the dock for three days at third day it's it's spoiled really you can get through the first two days so i'm just learning that that test of just not wanting to do physical harm of like i can't be with these people for one more minute that laugh or that obnoxious whatever or they drink too much or they whatever it is those annoying annoying characteristics that you just can't stand after three days that's it I think the people generally have to be positive people. Like that's a huge part. You can't have someone who's a complainer or negative, like, you know, everything. Again, yeah. The, the person that finds the, uh, you know, gray cloud in the silver lining. Well, or even if it's their sense of humor, like some people are really funny, but their mm-hmm. sense of humor is kind of making fun of things that can get old. I, I think you have to be around people who are generally positive. I think critically they have to be up for things. Like, yeah, let's go to dinner. Yeah, let's try that hike. It can't be like, you know, I'm just the stay-at-home person. or eat. they And they have to go with the flow of the group. Well, they, and, and yeah, you got to match. I think energies and ideas and activity, like you got to match up. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is. If you're all, we sit by the pool all day people, great. But if if one group or one couple is, we sit by the pool and, and sip on my ties and just get sun, and then the other group is we like to go spear fishing and yeah. and surfing and hiking and they're very active. Th- that will not work. You're right. It's, you have to find the. Yeah. I mean, it's like a relationship, and just like a relationship, I think with friendship, traveling together can be a real test yeah. of a friendship. And then, but the most difficult thing is it's easy to find. It's easier to find that in a relationship because you're finding it with one person. It is so hard to find husband and wife man or woman or whatever, just, just the both of a couple. You're finding two humans that you get along with. Because yeah. how often is it, you know, we love her, but oh, the right. husband, or we love him, but oh, the wife. And so you, you got to match up. You're right. It's That's more very, challenging yeah. to find boat people than it is to find the life partner. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. 
successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Not only is it a big week because of the holiday, but we're coming off of some pretty big podcast episodes for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I had a huge response. Thank you to everyone who who listened to the Jason Tardic podcast. We did two episodes because it was just too good. We had to break it up. And uh, the sit down with Jason was received very well. O- overall, it was received well. You know, I did, I talked a little bit about this on social media. I got a couple of messages Where's the tea? I'm not learning anything new. Um, you know, I dealt with that a little bit of that's not what this was about. Um, that's not that wasn't my goal. And I look, I will admit there's a little hypocrisy for 20 years. That is what I did. You know, I I would go for for some of that meat, 
uh, because that was the show and I, and that was the intent. But you know what though? You told me after the interview, mm-hmm. I did not listen to it. I was in the other room and I was just kind of, because you and Jason have a great relationship. I just wanted to let you do it because I knew that you were going to probably get into some stuff about Caitlin. But after you guys recorded, you told me later, you said, look, before we went into it, I did think maybe we'll really dig in and maybe we'll get some answers on things. But in the moment, and I think this is, commendable to you because you got both types of moments for years on the show. You got the emotional moment and the revealing moments, sometimes both in one, but you made the call in the moment with Jason to just say, you know what? He's still so emotional and raw about this, that this is not the time as both his friend and someone interviewing him to dig deep. Like he's still, his emotions are still so at the surface that this isn't the Let's dive in and I want you to spill right. all the tea moment. Well, and we we set some parameters as we started because he was really concerned and respectful about Caitlin. He did not want this to come off as start this whole he said, she said thing. And I didn't either because, you know, it's interesting when you're doing an interview. And again, I said this, it's it was a guy who broke up with someone, but it's a guy who broke up with a friend of ours. Like, I like Caitlin. I respect her. This wasn't about let's bury Caitlin and who's- Right. Ahead of the wedding, we were both- Texting both of them, like, yeah. hey, how are you guys at? Where are you guys at? We wanted both of them to feel super comfortable at the wedding. And, and he did actually give me a lot of leeway to go there. And I could have asked some of these kind of pointed questions. And you're right in that it didn't feel right now. We did dig deep in a different direction. We just got so emotional and it got so heavy. And the show really became about loss and about breakups. And I thought it was so much more effective and and relatable to all of you that this wasn't the time for that. And we even said after because it was exhausting and we had a drink. And he's like, you know, maybe someday we revisit this and when things aren't so fresh and, you know, that the the wounds have healed a little bit for both of them. Well, they Um, were together for, I mean, we started dating. Like at a similar time they did. So they'd been together four years. Five yeah, four or five years. I mean, I remember because I think I think I broke the news. I remember I interviewed Jason like right when they'd kind of first flirted. And I'm pretty sure I broke the news at the time, like, oh no, they're really going out together. So I remember that moment. And, you know, again, we love them both and and want the best for both of them. But it does seem like like I want to get into we actually have a couple of really good questions from all of you right. that we pulled from um, our DMs to ask because there are still follow-up questions. But my first question is, after that interview, mm-hmm. do you think there's any reconciliation to happen in the future between the two of them? Um, I mean- you, Romantically. Oh, as I say, romantic, because they've, they've reconciled, which I really appreciated. And, and I will add that Jason even talked to Caitlin post, you know, to let her know this is coming out, but we were very respectful. And and Caitlin, to my knowledge, has no problem with anything that was said, which is wonderful. And it also shows how much they've both grown and they can be respectful and start talking. And I think our wedding had a lot to do with that. I We did joke about that in the podcast. You know, there was that moment you were sitting there too with me when they were at, by our refrigerator in our kitchen and they were both kind of, you know, the oh, on, bo- the we- on the wedding weekend, the body language was palpable at the party mm-hmm. we had here uh, the night before our wedding. But it it didn't go there. He did admit that. I don't see it going there. I don't think they should. I think they have made a clean break. And while I think sometimes we, and I say we as fans of them, want that to happen, like it would just make us all feel good. I don't know if that's what's best for them. Mm. I, I think they are growing and going in different directions. And I respect that for both of them. 
Well, that's, this leads into Krista's question. Krista says, Chris, Jason didn't make it clear why he and Caitlin decided to break up. Yeah. What happened? And Or I'll add, what do you think happened? Um, I, I know some stuff that happened, I, you know, from both of them. And it's not, I'm not going to say it was her fault, his fault. It does not matter. And I guess that's my main takeaway from the podcast was I don't care. And, and I don't want you to care. And I know we all kind of have this insatiable appetite for, come on, man, give me the dirt. But it, it just, I, it wasn't about that for me in that interview. And I didn't want it to become about that. So, you know, none, none of our business. And I thought about myself and my divorce or breakups I've had. And like, I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't care whose fault it is. I don't want that to come out. I also think that when people have been together that long, it's not just one thing. Of course. You yeah, know, right. I mean, if somebody's in just a relationship a couple months and you could, you break up, you could write it off as, you know, he was just too full of himself. Right. Or maybe you're dating six months and you find out somebody cheated. Well, I thought I knew him and he didn't. He cheated and I don't even want to waste any more time. But years and years in, it's about, it's not that simple. It's right. about more than just an easy answer. I think in every situation. And there's rumors out there. You can go online and go on the deep Reddit web and the deep Reddit web. Yeah, you can go go on the there. DRW. Yeah, and there's plenty of rumors and innuendos. I'll, I'll leave that to the tabloids. Next up, Ashley says Jason talked about his age and how he wants to find his person and start a family. Oh, it's for me. She says, I have a question for Lauren. Before mm-hmm. meeting Chris after your divorce, did you panic about meeting someone? Great question, Ashley. Um, Jason and I talked about this just like before and after you guys went to record as well, because I think we're about the same age. I'm I just turned 36. I think yeah, Jay's I think 35. Yeah. Um, and he was telling me that. You know, I know he told you that too. And I said, like, Jason, I the answer, the quick answer is no. I was not worried about it. Um now, granted, part of that was probably that I'd been married and I'd just gotten divorced and I was sort of like, you know, I was I was ready to be out of the situation I was in. So right. I was just feeling um, some relief and he there. he's not been down the aisle yet. Yeah. I think if you're at in your early mid 30s and you have not been married yet, it's impossible to not feel that. There's that societal right. pressure. You're scared. You're losing time. You feel like, you know, I should be having kids and and you feel all that. But um no, I wasn't. And, and I guess I would say to everybody, really try to not be. I think losing my dad taught me this. You just don't know what life has planned for you. I mean, my dad died in his early 50s, mm-hmm. like pretty close to your age. And there were a bunch of things he still wanted to do, you know, um, but there are also a bunch of things he did. Yeah. And I, I've really taken that lesson with me of like, I think you can find happiness and sorrow at any age in life. Um, And this, uh, you know, panic is really just a product of what we think our cultural norms are. Yeah. Um, But you had some advice for Jason. Well, and Jason did say, he's like, you know, we wasted some good years and we've lost some good years. And I'm like, you know, 30 to 34, (laughs) you know, know, you're looking at it going, dude, you're still a baby. Yeah. But I have the benefit an experience of time. So I can look back and realize 30 to 34, man, I was still figuring things out. And so is he. And so I, I get that. Obviously, you you don't know what you don't know. And he hasn't lived those those extra years and that extra decade. And so, you know, I look at myself and to your point you just made so fantastically, did I think I would meet the love of my life at 47? 
No, I thought it would happen a lot earlier. I thought I would have met the love of my life and someone who I, you know, but that's when it happened. And that's when I, I gave myself the grace and allowed that to happen. And now I'm the happiest I've ever been in my early fifties. And so who's to, who's to say when it's supposed to happen and who's to say if it had worked out with Caitlin and right. they did get married, that that would have been the one. You, you don't know what life's going to throw at you. So give yourself a little bit of a break. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody the other day about, um, you know, because look, a lot of young people have been through the pandemic right now. Like mm-hmm. this was someone who's in their 20s and they were like, well, my 20s are supposed to be this really fun time, but the pandemic screwed it up. And I get that. My 20s are supposed to be really fun. My dad died and the recession happened and there were no jobs. But like my 30s have been amazing, you know, and I I would also hope that life only keeps getting better. I know life will also continue to send hardships our way, but I've just always approached it with like the outlook of it's only going to get better from here. Yeah. Well, and look, when you take the knife out of the wound, it's pretty raw. It's hard to have perspective Mm -hmm. of what I'm grateful for. But you and I have this already about our first marriages. There are things we're both grateful for. And you can take that later. And I think Jason will look back and be like, oh, that relationship with Caitlin wasn't wasted time. I'm grateful that I learned this. I learned this about myself. Even if it's only learning about yourself and you were with someone who was bad, then you're still learning. And now you're growing and you are a better, Mm -hmm. bigger person as you head into the next relationship. Jason will know what he's looking for more so. So will Caitlin next time. They'll be better prepared. Well, that leads into Lori's question. She says, Chris, what type of partner do you think would be the right fit for Jason? Mm. Jason's a big, he's a big lover, man. He's a big Buffalo lover. He's uh, <laughs> he's from Buffalo. He's from Buffalo. <laughs> he doesn't just love Buffalo. You know, for our non-sports people. No, but I'm, I mean, like he's a down-home boy. Family means everything to him. Loyalty, that, that type of person that's just going to really kind of dive in with him. Jason is such a good dude. Can yeah. I say, like, so when you guys did the podcast, he stayed at our house. Yes. Um, now, we, not all guests get to sleep over. N- we've never, <laughs> wait, you know, I, we've no. never had someone from the show no. sleep no, over. No, you're right. Yeah, no one has. Yeah, he is the first to. First uh, and only. To sleep over, yeah. Firestones? Uh, have they spent the night here? No. Oh, you know what? They did at our house in LA. Yeah. Okay, Firestone. No, I know. Well, people have spent the night at my house in LA before. Yeah. But, yeah. but no one in Austin. Yeah, no one in Austin. Okay, I, I told so, him he was the first one I've interviewed here in Austin. And then obviously he stayed and we went to dinner afterwards. Well, it was great to get. I, I had never had that like one-on-one hangout, just not interview time with him as much. Yeah. And little things you can tell... I think they're a little basic tried and true tests of what kind of person somebody is. Manners, helpfulness. Uh, Jason left his room. I'm going to give him a shout out. Jason Tardick left his room spotless. He made the bed. He hung up his towel. His room was spotless when he left. Not only did he do that, he said, hey, you guys are going to the airport too. Um, Well, I have a car. Do you want to just jump in with me? Not only did he do that. Getting um, him to the airport three hours early for his flight and on time for ours. Yes, um, that's a sacrifice. Jay and I went to the uh, went to the gym, worked out, and then we came back and we were leaving town, going to the airport. And I had to, you know, put up, put out the trash. And so I was breaking down boxes. So Jason started breaking down boxes. He literally <laughs> took out our trash. He, he broke did. down our my many Amazon yes. cardboard boxes that I'd had from wedding stuff. Jason just helped break down boxes at our house. So he is... He's just as he's good, good as he people. seems. Yeah, yes. no, he's good people, and and he's going to do just fine. He'll find somebody. It's it's weeks. well, I don't know. This might go into Hannah's question. Oh, Hannah asks. 
Chris, do you think Jason would be good on another reality dating show? 100%. I think he'd be fantastic on a reality dating show. I would love to produce a show for Jason Tardick to help him find love. I think that would be a great show. And I think he'd be wonderful because he's so sincere. He's so honest. You're going to get such raw emotion from him. What, you know, I'm a big fan of people of what you see is what you get. Um, you know, Sean Lowe was that. Whether you like him or not, it's like what you see is what you get. That, w- that was him. Um, and so I think he would be wonderful. And I Weren't think, you championing for Jason to be the Bachelor? Yeah, it was me and Bennett, uh, one of the other executive producers at the time, Bennett Gravener, also from, also from Buffalo. So I think there was a Buffalo thing. Um, some the other people just weren't having it probably because we did like him and I forget who we went with instead. Who'd, who'd, I can't remember. Colton. Oh gosh, we oh, had Colton. Well, we did get the fence jump moment. <laughs> Colton wasn't him. a bad I call. I told him, I said, Jason, you couldn't have made that jump. You're not that athletic. Um, but no, in answer to your question, yes, I think he would, it would be too soon to do it right this minute, but he would be really good. All right. Just two more quick questions. And they kind of go together. Um, Brett says, Chris, I have a question. Do you think crying is a weak thing for men to do? I feel like this is a quick answer. No, no. absolutely not. 100%. Take, take it from a guy who bawled like a baby at both of my weddings. Um, I, I cry all the time with my daughter. And yeah, no, it's, it is not only not a weak thing, it's necessary and it's the most empowering, wonderful thing. I don't know that you want to be the one who's always crying. Right. But I think there's nothing stronger than showing your emotions and crying is so vulnerable and there's strength in that vulnerability. Um, Colleen, I will finish off with this question from Colleen and it piggybacks off Brett's Chris, how did you learn how to handle people crying to you? You were so good at this on the show and on this podcast episode with Jason. It was off-putting at first. It was something I had to learn. It was a skill I had to learn. I, I was a I was a dad, and so I had a crying baby at the time. Josh was very young, so I wasn't used to really people crying to me on an emotional level like that. So I really didn't know how to handle it, but I, I just think it fit in with my Midwestern disposition and the way I grew up to be a caretaker, to be empathetic, to, to listen. It, it really taught me to just shut up and listen. Because in that moment, people don't need to be fixed. They don't need to be told what was right, what was wrong, whose fault it was, or they definitely don't need the, I told you so. They just need to cry and they need to just vent. And so uh, just being there, and, and it's, it's a skill I learned for sure over the last 20 years and has helped me be a better husband, a better parent, a better friend, um, and a better podcaster. Sitting with Jason, it allowed me to not be uncomfortable and and not be awkward. I was like, I love you, man. Like, let mm-hmm. it out. Like, let's talk about this mm-hmm. and and not try and jump in and, and uh, ease the moment. Let him cry. Like, let him have that moment. He's, he's, he's let it, he needed to get that out. It was really cathartic. And, and I hate, and I do this myself too. For some reason, when we all cry, we go to the, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm crying. This is embarrassing. I'm or sorry. Get jokey. Yeah. And I think especially guys, yeah. you know, they're like, I'm sorry this. I hate this. And, I guess that just comes from somewhere in society that tells us, you know, don't cry and that's weak, but I'm I'm so ready for that to be a mindset of the past. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. 
Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for the questions, by the way, everybody. And thanks for, I mean, these were two of our biggest podcasts that we have ever dropped. And a lot of that goes to the, the man that Jason is and his popularity. And by the way, I reciprocated and uh, did a Trading Secrets podcast with Jason. That'll be dropping soon where we got into kind of my life in more so business um, as well and told him some things I've never shared before. So look for Trading Secrets, his podcast. And again, my love to Caitlin, my love to Jay uh, and all of you. For, for taking the time to DM, message me, uh, write into uh, at the most dramatic pod ever and uh, give us these questions. But thank you very much. We have to, before we wrap this up, uh, huge news. Uh, Oprah. Oprah's the, always huge news. The Oprah. She turned 70, first of all. Happy birthday, Oprah. An icon. It's A trailblazer. It's weird. I know she's been in our lives for forever, but 
she's so timeless to me. She doesn't grow old. It's does she like? I mean, I saw a picture of her. Well, First I mean, of all, she looks, a, I think she looks amazing. But yeah. B, she is always so energetic and positive. Yeah. That I think it feels youthful. One of the things I want to talk about, and she's an icon and someone I respect, and I know you do too, as far as a journalist and things she accomplished in this business. But besides that, there's a reason she looks so fantastic. And she talked about that. And she has been very open about being on a weight loss drug. We wanted to talk about it because I feel like you and I talk about this yeah. a lot. Like, I mean, for everybody, the Ozempic weight loss drug conversation. Yeah. What's the other is, one? There's the, what's the, it starts uh, with an L. Wagovia. Yeah. Or no, not with an L. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you're right. But it has been, I mean, I've listened to other podcasts on it. Um, yeah. And uh, what's fascinating is the conversation keeps continuing. And I think it's because this drug is not done. I mean, we've talked to friends of ours who own a pharmacy and they're telling us, well, this is bigger than the biggest drug ever is known as Viagra. And this is bigger because it uh, can apply to both, um, you know, sides of the population, men and women. And um, because, you know, a, a lot of people want to be on it, whether it's for health issues or just for aesthetic um, purposes, it's controversial, but also, you know, are people on it in secret? A lot of celebrities seem to be. So the conversation just keeps happening. And we have more questions than answers, I think, because I've been hearing and reading articles about how, you know, it's going to be start to be used on kids if it isn't already. So lots of questions, lots of backlash. And I was fascinated by, and I said, we got to talk about the Oprah of it all, because my question here is, can a reveal from Oprah mm -hmm. that she is on a weight loss medication and a proud reveal. She said she's, the quote is, I am absolutely done with the shaming, end quote. She said she is using weight loss medication as a maintenance tool. And, uh, you know, she touches on in this, in this um, it's a People magazine cover story. She touches on her past because Oprah is known for being open about her weight struggles, right? The, the her famous, entire career. Yeah, the famous episode where she pulled out the wagon that had like the representation of all the fat on her body yeah. that she'd lost. And she's yo-yoed through the years, through the marathon yeah. stuff and all that. It's always been a thing with her. So she said, quote, it was public sport to make fun of me for 25 years. I have been blamed and shamed and I blamed and shamed myself. She talks about being called dumpy and frumpy um, by tabloids. Um, and now she says that as she is set to term 70, she wants to maintain a healthy weight long term, be done with the shame and that she is on a weight loss medication after, um, what she calls weight fluctuations over 50 years of her life. She says, yes, I did the yo-yo thing. She said, I believe my willpower was failing and she's done with it. So can Oprah being this open and this positive turn the tide? Can it stop the backlash? Does she have the power to do that? She does, for sure. If I'm being devil's advocate, this is a wonderful uh, find, an inven invention that we discovered this. And I do want to talk to medical experts to see, is it a 99% chance that it's going to be okay? And there's really only a 1% chance this can happen to you? Or is it this Those is, are the big questions that I have. What, I feel what's the like, percentage? Yeah, well, I just want like the real story from someone because I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of arguing, a lot of 
probably misinformation out there. I'm just like, I want to know that I'll use myself as an example because we do want to have some on. If I went on this tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what would the risks be for me? Like, that's what I want to know. And I know the answer isn't going to be the same for everybody, but I just want to know what are the risks if you're kind of a healthy weight and only taking it to lose some weight. Now, I'm not saying, you know, listen, Oprah, this was her choice. Like she said, she struggled with it for years. I bring this up and I was fascinated by it because like how some real housewives have admitted to being on it. Some have been accused of being on it and haven't admitted um, whether they are or not. But I do think Oprah has the power to maybe quiet some of the backlash because I think people respect that she's already shared her journey and spent years of struggle. There is a new podcast called Two Jersey Jays with Jackie uh, Goldschneider and Jennifer Fessler, um, by the way, with iHeartRadio, happens to be under the Most Dramatic Pod umbrella. So uh, our shout out to uh, the Two Jersey Jays who are in the top 10 of all podcasts. So congratulations, ladies. But they are talking a lot about Ozempic. One of them very much on it. The other one, not quite. And- was she the one who had the major medical issue? There was a real housewife who like was hospitalized over it. And so the, I'll let you look that up. And they're, they're talking a lot about that. So give, give uh, two Jersey Jays uh, a listen uh, where all podcasts can be found. I'm proud of them for doing a great job. And another medical question I really want to dive into is what is the percentage of fat you're losing? What is the percentage of muscle you're losing? Are you losing mm-hmm. the muscle mass? And, you know, everyone kind of has this Ozempic body they're talking about. And that is the kind of stuff that, because I'm I'm really into the health stuff and so are you and eating healthy and all that. And I encourage people to to get that info, but we are going to have these medical experts on very soon on one of our episodes to dive more into this. But I mean, this is how crazy it is. I went to breakfast with two of my buddies this morning. We were talking about it. We were talking about Ozempic. So uh, it's at every uh, breakfast table and every dinner table. And every, every, it's, a, it's a big, hot topic. And I am a big fan, and so is Lauren, of let's get the facts. Like, what is the we'll truth? We'll see if it comes up at your Christmas dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> eat the, eat the, pass the, pass the yams and the Ozempic. Um, and in that vein, Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a big week. Uh, Lauren and I send our love to you, to your families. I hope it finds you in good health. And we all have a wonderful holiday week and head into a phenomenal new year. Thank you for being with us. Uh, It's been a great year to celebrate with you. Have a great holiday and we'll talk to you again soon because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts 
or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.